Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Dr. Naveen Somia joined me ahead of the Non-Surgical Symposium 2023 on the Gold Coast, Australia. Based in Sydney, Dr. Somia is a highly regarded specialist plastic surgeon and as a past president of the Australasian Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, he has been at the forefront of the industry for nearly two decades. Dr. Somia's commitment to both his patients' aesthetic goals and his role as an educational leader in the field has made him a trusted authority. He's certainly someone I turn to when I need to decipher some serious science. He has served as the scientific convener for the ASAP's non-surgical symposium meeting for the past five years. Solidifying his expertise and dedication, he is an advocate for patient-focused and safe frameworks to approach facial aesthetics. In this important episode, we dive into the changes in law that came into effect July 1, in the realm of cosmetic surgery and aesthetic enhancement. Dr. Somia sheds light on the new guidelines introduced by APRA, which aim to protect consumers and ensure informed decision-making when it comes to choosing practitioners and treatment plans. These updates encompass marketing, psychological assessment, and procedural guidelines, and are part of a comprehensive cosmetic surgery reform package that raises standards and imposes stricter advertising requirements. We also explore the exciting global trend of regenerative superclinics, a revolutionary concept that brings together experts from various disciplines to address longevity, aesthetics, and cosmetic enhancement, all under the one roof. Dr. Somia provides valuable insights into this emerging trend and its potential to shape the future of aesthetic medicine. I invite you to unlock the secrets of longevity, wellness, and new beauty with Dr. Naveen Somia exclusively on the Ageless by Rescue podcast. July 1 is um, not very far away, and um, APRA, which is the Australian Health Practitioners Regulatory Authority, um, have come up with guidelines in that define how a regulated health service like cosmetic surgery or cosmetic uh, procedures should be performed um, in the context of a clinical setting. So there's a whole heap of rules that govern cosmetic surgery, starting from the uh, care given to the patient uh, by the practitioner, uh, and also uh, very stringent uh, do's and don'ts about advertising. The same things apply to cosmetic procedures that are non-surgical procedures, but of a, a lesser intensity, but nevertheless still there. Now, this is all designed to make the industry um, be better regulated so that the consumer can uh, make a choice with confidence that the person is uh, going to give the consumer the best possible outcome. And these are, again, talking back into systems and safeguards, these are regulatory safeguards built around the delivery of cosmetic surgical care and cosmetic procedural care to patients where you cannot mislead based on advertising. Because we all know that um, advertising plays a big role in um, anything that we buy and sell nowadays and uh, cosmetic surgery and cosmetic and we're, procedures. As are... media, we're heavily regulated too. I mean, we yeah. 
there are so many um, things that we can and can't say and we can and can't endorse. And we have to be, thank God, completely transparent now when we've been on the receiving end of a gift or a free treatment or uh, we've been paid to be a spokesperson for a treatment, a procedure, a product. And I think that that has been a massive uh, benefit to the end reader, the consumer, the listener. Um, but uh, this is going one step further because it's now placing that same responsibility on the practitioners. That, that's correct. So what, what's happening is um, um, there are guidelines at every aspect of the patient journey study from how they interact with your advertising, how they, um, what can you say, what can't you say, what words you can use. And it's all about trying to remain as scientific as possible and as evidence-based as possible. To give an example, um, colloquial terms uh, cannot be used in isolation. They have to be used as medical terms. For example, uh, you can no longer say the word tummy tuck, if I can use that term. You have to combine that with the word abdominoplasty, which is the medical term for the procedure, basically trying to um, showcase that this is serious surgery. But let's talk first about the surgical procedures because you are a plastic surgeon. And I would like to know how this might work as part of a consultation and or rather how you will be offering it in your practice. Look, I think um, that I, I do offer it in the practice uh, currently. Um, so I have been doing that for the last uh, um, five and a half years. And um, the current guidelines specify that uh, you have to administer the uh, psych psychological testing at the consultation. And based on that, uh, whether it goes um, for additional screening or no additional screening will be determined by the test. Now, I think uh, how we're going to do that is to uh, inform the patient that as of 1st of July, you're going to have a mandatory uh, testing to uh, look for anything that is hidden, uh, covert, that you're not obviously uh, figured out. And if the event turn, the test turns out to be um, uh, positive, uh, in, in indicating that you need to have additional treatment or non-surgical assessment and so on and so forth, then that, that will be clearly uh, conveyed to the patient before they take the test, because that's, that's kind of very, very important, in my opinion, to tell the patient the implications of turning positive or turning negative, right? And um, they come come to an come with an expectation that I'm going to have a surgical procedure, and then suddenly you're telling them to go and have a mental health assessment. That's not a very aligned uh, uh, discussion. So it's something that they will be told. Like the mandatory requirements as of first of July are a GP referral to see a uh, surgeon for cosmetic surgery and a um, in-house um, psychological testing. Uh, if the result turns out to be positive and you're seen as uh, someone who may not be suitable, you need to have additional testing and uh, um, counselling by a qualified psychologist uh, to see how best we can optimise your care for you. And I find that, you know, I guess that's reassuring. Um, and in total transparency, I had my first cosmetic surgery when I was 17. I was 17 years old. I wanted rhinoplasty. I booked in. I didn't need a GP referral. I went to a plastic surgeon in Canberra uh, at John James Hospital when I was 17 years old and I had my first rhinoplasty. It was not for a medical reason. My second rhinoplasty was for a medical reason because I had my first one too early and my you know skull hadn't grown and I needed to have my septum straightened out when I was 25. But 
So I, I guess I'm reflecting on personal experience and also as a mother of a 12-year-old who may not be getting marketed to by advertising yes. to be interested in cosmetic surgery, but she's certainly getting marketed to. Because when you see, you know, pop stars and actors and actresses who have undergone a, almost like a, a complete um, makeover, makeover for lack yep. of a better word exactly you know when you see some of the most famous well-paid models in the world who literally did not were not born this way and achieved their look through surgery it's hard as a mother to then say look oh you can't do that don't do it, it it's terrible for you so as a mother I'm excited that the medical fraternity are going to close ranks and they're going to say the GP is going to say, no, I'm not going to give that referral. The surgeon is going to say, let's have a look at the psychological framework before I proceed with this procedure and potentially won't proceed with the procedure. Yep. Uh, I agree with you. I think um, social media, as we all know, um, is is a part of our life. And, um, and I think with regards to um, body enhancements, uh, cosmetic surgery, cosmetic uh, non-surgical procedures, it's quite, quite rampant. And little by little, and if we can use the word creep, uh, the um, advertising influence just creeps on you. So what was normal a year ago uh, has been uh, incrementally increased. So the new normal is slightly different. Yes, it is aspirational because that's how it's been marketed to you. And all of a sudden, what you thought normal at the age of 11 is not normal at the age of 13 and so on and so forth. So all of a sudden, um, the ground realities are shifting very, very fast. And uh, people, uh, I mean, if you follow Instagram, you'll know that people post their own experiences of photographs of uh, um, having had surgery before and after, which is very knowledgeable. But at the same time, how does a 12-year-old in interpret that one? Well, I also like it from a consumer benefit point of view in that, you know, if I come to your clinic, I'm being treated as a whole and not uh, as a, you know, I'll just polish up this, but we'll leave, we'll ignore this cause uh, area. Yeah. And for me, one of the, the key things in my kind of regenerative journey was the hormonal piece and the integrative and medicine. regenerative medicine conversation. So my aesthetics physician, Dr. Joseph Hakeek, he said to me, before I keep buffing and puffing and filling and lasering, which we've been doing, you are now at a stage where you need hormonal intervention. And I don't do that. So I'm going to refer you to a doctor who is actually going to attend to that because the sagging that you're now experiencing yeah. is, is no longer just normal age. It's led by hormonal changes. And my work will only be a patch job if we don't attend to the root cause. So off I went to see Dr. Nasser for my hormonal needs. And that was revolutionary for me. It was just a great aha moment. And then for similarly for device-based or threads, that wasn't his specialty. So he referred me to another uh, doctor within his practice who administered the, uh, the energy uh, devices or the threads, which I've had with Dr. Adina within his practice. So I, I do love that. I, I do love that I was cared for so much that, you know, I was moved around and it was through that network that I got the referral for my surgeon who performed the abdominoplasty. 
and my surgeon knew the other doctors that were in my networks and and so I felt safe but I thought to myself at the time wouldn't it be great if everyone was together I didn't have to go to five different clinics to do this so you're right I think I think expertise sometimes is um 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 it's hard to maintain that level of expertise in in one one place for obvious reasons, but uh, I think shared care is probably in in a way a very good model of of care, and we we're beginning to see this uh, uh, coming through um, fast and furious, as we say. And I think the future is also going to be um, very um, um, groundbreaking as we see more technology, more research coming into what we call as cellular aging and metabolic health. So uh, you spoke about hormonal health. Hormonal health is one way of influencing your overall metabolic health. But uh, people talk about lifestyle medicine and how lifestyle impacts your overall health. And uh, that's that's a broad discipline called metabolic health. And there's plenty of evidence to say that um, you know, how you look after your metabolic health, starting from your gut health and your overall uh, sleep health and your mental health. So everything impacts um, uh, one another. And I happened to read an article recently that uh, uh, suggested that your muscle is not just a structural um, organ for strength and mobility. It is an endocrine organ. And every time you activate your muscle. Your muscle is an endocrine organ. Wow. Correct. Never and every, every, that's right. It's, it's a new paper that I read, uh, published last year. And um, it said that it you, every time you activate your muscle, you produce a whole heap of beneficial hormones and growth factors that are very essential that tick off A, B, C, and D. Right. And similar way, your sleep also impacts the way your gut health uh, impacts the next day morning. So it's very, uh, all of these, as we have said before, have developed in independent silos. But I think yes. in the next next five to 10 years time, there will be a merging of all these. And all, all of a sudden, you're now going to see somebody who's going to be practicing, uh, quote unquote, integrated integrative medicine, where you may go in to see somebody for uh, let's say a cosmetic concern and the person might say look have you thought about one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and taking you back to a cellular level of aging and mitochondrial aging is a big thing now and people are understanding how mitochondrial ages influences your entire aging how your gut health influences your skin so these are all things that are um, just around the corner and uh, just waiting to be integrated so I think uh, there's plenty of research uh, it's only a matter of time before they become the new norm Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.